just in time for the 20 Degrees podcast from Oculus Architectural Engineering. We're here in Auckland, New Zealand, talking about everything that separates the inside from the outside and getting down to the nuts and bolts of how to build good buildings. If you're looking for explanations instead of confusing rules, if you're looking for easy to build instead of E2AS1, and if you believe a warm, dry, comfortable, and healthy place to live and work is a basic human right, then you're in the right place. It's a building science podcast. Best consumed at 20 degrees. On this episode, we're talking about thermal bridges. Solid parts of the building that bleed heat to the outside. H1 again. Making sure your house doesn't get cold spots. Where to find them, how to fix them, and which ones matter more than others. Episode 10, Thermal Bridges. Hi again. Hey. (laughs) How are you? Oh, good. Oh, good. What's going on, Peter? Oh, it's been a it's been a busy week. A uh, lot of projects on the fly. A lot of design. A lot of um, construction, and just putting yeah. up fires. Not literal fires, but well, I was going to say you've been squirting water at buildings this week too, haven't you? I have. So it's basically like putting up fires. That's a bit but... strange because we're we're in a drought. <laughs> well, we're we're in water restriction. So how's that been going on? Oh, that's been interesting actually because I've I, I flagged that issue because I read the water care, um, uh, whatever you want to call it, the the press release that they put out saying that you're not allowed to do this, you're not allowed to do that. And, you know, if you interpret it, you're, you shouldn't be spraying, you know, liters, literally thousands of liters uh, of water at a wall. And I mean, you want to test to make sure that the window is going to be um, fully watertight, but you can't really waste all that because you're just spraying it and then it just drips down, goes into the drain and it's gone. So don't want to um, uh, just drain all the wet reservoirs like that. But apparently they're shipping in trucks full of water. I'm not sure where these trucks are coming from. <laughs> Maybe Hamilton, somewhere in Waikato. I'm not really sure. Yeah. Yeah. But they are shipping in water yeah. to test the enclosure of the buildings we're working on. Yeah. So that is the test. Yeah. And and what is that? Just a hose? What are you doing? Squirting? Or um, is it a certain number of liters per minute? What are, what are we looking at there? Yeah, before I answer, I'm just going to say that we are going to be talking about thermal bridging today because that's what the intro says. Um, but we're just kind of, you know, having a little preamble, just having some fun. Yeah, yeah I'm you know? just interested. Yeah, exactly. you've, had, you've had a crazy week. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, when it, when it comes to water testing, there's, there's two different ways to do it. Um, the one that we've been usually doing on site is uh, you just get a hose. It has a nozzle at the end of it that has a certain pressure and flow rate. And then you um, just spray at the joinery and, you know, all of the different junctions here and there to make sure that with some water pressure, um, it's not going to leak. And it's it's a pretty easy uh, test to pass as long as everything's sealed properly, as long yeah. as it's, you know, built as designed, it and, should work. And it's pretty easy to see when it fails. So standing yeah. inside the building, you're yes. looking for leaks coming through. Exactly. Where are the main leaks? What do you normally see? Um, it could be anywhere, really. Sometimes it's between the glass and the joinery, between a gasket um, of some sort. Sometimes it's uh, on, if you have a sliding door, there's... Um, kind of holes at the track at the top and bottom. Sometimes the gasket is in there isn't either engaged or it's just not there at all. And um, usually it'll kind of just spray in from there. Sometimes it bubbles up from the track if uh, if the track isn't drained properly. Right. Okay, but, but let's just put this in perspective. This yeah. is like, these are special buildings, right? No, these are like, these are just regular buildings. Nothing. No, nothing. Come on, come on. I mean, you're spraying water at buildings. When would that happen in real life? When? Oh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> right now in Auckland, it's, it's, is it raining? Yeah, it's about well, to rain. Yeah, it was a few minutes ago. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm winding you up because yeah. that's, that's a test that uh, is not not done at the residential level hmm. and you know I've done some of those with our team here yeah. at the at the you know larger scale buildings but yeah. that's already written into the spec of the design that these will be tested it's not generally every window yeah. on the building it's it'll be 10% of the windows and if they all if those 10% of the windows pass then there's no drama then we you we sign off and move on you assume properly. the rest but yeah. if they start failing hmm. that's that's a challenge yeah sure anyway we're, we're way off topic already and we like, finally just started we weren't even close to topic but <laughs> we're getting back we're getting right back on it guys uh so but that's good it's been an interesting week for you then yeah no it's been it's been busy um, using up water in the middle of water restrictions from like somewhere it. else it's auckland that has yeah. the the uh the reservoirs that are that are a little bit low um but we're getting rain so hopefully they'll fill back up and uh hopefully we'll get back to normal anyways let's get into it um, thermal bridging is that uh, is that what we were talking about today? Thermal yeah. bridges, yeah, yeah. yeah so, so what we're going to talk about thermal bridging? What is it? Kind of where you, where you'd see it? What it's what it's actually doing to the yep. building? We're going to yep. compare that with thermal breaks because that's kind of the 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 opposite of yep. the thermal bridging or 
maybe not the opposite, but it's a it's a way battle. of trying to stop the thermal bridging from going on. So, yeah. what's your definition? If you had to give me a ten word or fifteen word definition, I'm putting you on the spot. Are you counting these words? A, yeah, I will be. Oh gosh, yeah, okay. Maybe. What um, is a thermal bridge? What is a thermal bridge? Don't count those words. Um, I got to start. You've already used oh, up no. eight. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> thermal bridge is material more heat through. Is that is that all the words? I, more heat through. Yeah. More heat through. Well, okay. It's terrible. It's okay, absolutely. Let, let me try again. Hopeless. Let me try again. Don't, okay. put, don't put these limits no, on me. I need no, no limit. <laughs> okay. Tell me what a thermal bridge is, and then we'll get to where we see it. Yeah. Uh, so my own definition of a thermal bridge is a an easier pathway for heat to transfer through. Um, and I, I keep it general like that because it could be anything. Sometimes a thermal bridge is a concrete slab. Sometimes a thermal bridge is the, um, the studs in your wall that bridge between the insulation. Sometimes a thermal bridge is the aluminium around your windows. Um, could be anything really. So, so let's have that then. Your, your definition there was the easiest path for heat to transfer. Correct. Through the building envelope, so through the through from inside to outside, or yep. Yep. or from outside to inside. Although yep. most of the time we're more worried about winter conditions when we want to keep heat in the building. That's generally what we yep. what we look at. Yeah. So thermal bridge, the easiest way. What's the hardest way? Just as a comparison, um, the hardest way would be through the middle of insulation. I'd yeah. say because insulation is specifically designed to block heat transfer. Um, so that would be the opposite right. of a thermal bridge. So the thermal bridge then is where we don't have insulation. Generally, yes. Or, or by, by your definition, where there is less insulation. Sure, exactly. Um, I don't know whether that's a good way of looking at it. That, I think that, it is. that might not be technically true well, not, as a definition, but let's make up the definition. here. Um, <laughs> so yeah, making up the def- definition. I mean, if... if you could have two different types of walls. Let's just give an example. You have a wall that has timber studs, and you have a wall right next to it that has metal studs. Which one has a worse thermal bridging situation? Right, the metal studs, mm. but they both have thermal bridging. Absolutely. They do. Okay, so my question to you: Yes, you take one wall yep. with some aluminium windows mm. that that are not thermally broken aluminium. Oh gosh, why? Why? Well, I okay. That's, anyway, that's, sorry. <laughs> it's, it's better than what we put in most of our buildings at the moment. Yeah, which is. Plain aluminium, yeah. with some glass. Yeah, fair. You're right. So you oh, you did say thermal that. bridges. I thought you said with no. When well, no, I said with no thermal bridging, I don't think it matters to me. Oh, okay, with no thermal bridging, sure. We haven't even got to what thermal. Br- oh, what? hang on, I've just what broken my own definition. Uh oh, <laughs> just I'm just confusing so? myself. Yeah, let's, okay. let's back up. So <laughs> let's go back. Yeah. You talked about one wall, yes. with timber stud and yep. one wall with metal stud or yep. steel stud, and both of them have insulation between the studs. Yeah. yeah. So it goes stud insulation, yeah. fluffy insulation, something yeah. stud fluffy insulation mm-hmm. through the wall. Mm-hmm. So my question was, well, what's the difference then if you've got a wall with insulation and then you've got a window in that wall? The weakest point in that wall is going ah, to be the the window, definitely. The window. Yeah. But if it's an aluminium frame, it's not the glass. Like if you have double glazing and you have an aluminium frame around it, what would what's the, the thermal bridge there? Because, I mean, glass isn't very insulative, but if you put a double glazing, it gives it a little bit more insulation. But if it's aluminium, I would say the aluminium, would you agree? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. But that's our, that's where we, we kid ourselves yeah. in, in, in New Zealand that yeah. a double glazed window is going to be good. Oh, yeah, of course. Well, it's got double glazing. It's got to be good, right? That's, that's how it works. It's got hair inside. Well, yeah. And, and what you're saying is that's true at the glass. Correct. But, the center of the glass. But how you hold that on the wall mm-hmm. or in the building mm-hmm. is with that aluminium. Yeah. If that aluminium is transferring heat really, really quickly. It is. You've got a huge amount of heat loss through the frame. Yeah. And I feel like we might have mentioned this on an earlier um, podcast, but aluminium is what, the fifth most conductive it's element? Somewhere around the fifth, yeah. Yeah, I think it's diamond, gold, silver, copper, and then aluminium, if I'm not it mistaken. Sounds about right. There something might be like one that. other one in there somewhere, Maybe but a yeah, it, or it's, it's transferring heat out of your building or allowing heat to flow through your building as fast envelope as really, really fast. Yeah. Slightly scary. Yeah. So so what are our options there? So so let's go the the other side of thermal bridging. So if bridging is that that um, that easy flow pathway. or easy path, mm. a bridge through something or over something. Yeah. So through the insulation. Yeah. Then the thermal break 
is as, making that energy swim through the river instead of crossing over the bridge. Oof. Is that a, is that a little bit too the, a little bit too meta there? The analogies get get wild. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, it's just slowing down that that flow, isn't it? So yeah. you're putting something in the way. You're making it more difficult for that heat to transfer through that right. thing. And you do that with what sort of material? Um, generally, plastics work pretty well. Fluffy things work pretty well. Um, things that are made out of any metals are usually pretty good at transferring heat. And so they're not used as, um, as thermal breaks. Um, but yeah, if it's in a window, it's usually a, uh, a plastic of some sort. Is it polyamide usually? Yeah, it's a common one. Yeah. 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 Um, if you can put air in between, that's how the, like going from single glazing to double glazing, single glazing has hard, you know, rigid glass and that transfers heat pretty easily. But if you put two pieces of glass and have air in between, and that air is still, that is a thermal bridge between those two pieces of glass. Not in the typical, oh, sorry, not bridge. Uh, yeah, I, right. <laughs> that was my bad. And this is our challenge. It is our yeah. challenge. And I'm, we're laughing, but actually it's really hard. Yeah. We, you know, we, we use, we don't use it interchangeably in meaning, but mm. we use it accidentally in words. Yes. yes. So yeah. So your thermal bridge is the flow of energy. Your thermal break is trying to stop that. So there yeah. are some things in our industry, which are called thermal breaks, Oof. which, which are not. I mean, they technically are, but they do negligible, negligible work. Like, for instance, the one that, that's coming to my mind really right now is if you have a steel stud, some people put a 10 millimeter piece of XPS, which is uh, extruded polystyrene insulation, a 10 millimeter thick piece on the outside of those steel studs and say, oh, we've closed all the thermal bridges. But that doesn't make any sense because it all goes all the way through your wall except for 10 millimeters, and then it just goes around your thermal break. Oh, like a strip of that 10 millimeter thick product? Yeah, just just like a strip of it on the outside yeah, of the, yeah. of the yeah. stud. And I tell people to just delete that. You're wasting your time. You're wasting your money. Don't even waste your time. So what it would you do? So what, what do you draw in instead? If we're trying to stop or avoid thermal bridging, what yeah. do we stop? What, um, do we, what do we use as that thermal break idea? In terms of a steel stud? Yeah, I have a steel stud, yeah. Okay, so steel stud, if you use a timber stud, that makes it better. With a with a steel stud, you're losing, I think, what is it, 70% of the insulation value of the insulation in your wall. So if the okay, R so value... Let's just describe that. So we, we've yeah. got a, a, a steel stud, yep. then fluffy insulation going sideways through the wall, Between and then it, yep. another steel stud, Correct. and then fluffy insulation, another yeah. steel stud. So you have insulation in your walls. Let's say it's R2, just for ease of math. If you have... Um, steel studs in that wall between all that insulation, instead of R2, you're down to R0.6. Is that the, is that the number That's there? That's good doing my, there if we're doing good. 70%. Yeah. 70%. We did a calculation here a few months ago yeah. when we, we you know, actually did the real maths around this and standard steel frame yep. was 77% reduction in oh, the wow. insulation performance. 77. Now that was, that was like... I, yeah, I can't quite remember the exact details. I'm yeah. pretty sure that Probably was... 90 mil stud and spaced at 600. Yeah, that's right, 600 yeah. centers, yeah. Yeah, so, so... There's a lot of loss. So you, you're spending a lot of money on insulation, but you're not getting the benefit from it. Because the steel is just allowing an easy pathway for that heat to go right through the wall and that's, go around the insulation. That's a good analogy for that. I was just thinking about how how you can imagine how heat is flowing through that. If you were to sort of paint a picture of that, yeah. What what are we looking at there? I mean, I, I'm, okay, I'm how, thinking of the fins. How about this? Uh, here, yeah. I, I, got a, I got an interesting, weird analogy. Let's say you are in a castle for some reason, and you have this wall around the castle, and you're like, wow, I have this big, tall, enormous wall. It's so strong. It's, it's made of the best materials. It's, you know, 12 feet thick. And, oh, sorry, not 12 feet. That's a blasphemy here. What is that? Four, four meters thick? Four meters thick. Um, and You're a Canadian. You're allowed I'm to work in sorry. I mean, I think in, I think in Imperial, when it comes to feet and inches for some reason, I apologize, everyone. You are everyone. talking about a castle, so feet is probably okay. Exactly, right? Yeah. So it's back in the Imperial days because the, anyways. Um, so you have this wall, 12 feet thick, four meters thick, but you have holes in it every 400, every 400 millimeters or every 600 millimeters. And so... Yes, the wall will keep the people out if you're trying to keep people out of this castle for some reason. Um, but if you have those holes, they just walk right through the holes. So if you have a wall that has insulation, nice, thick, really good, high quality insulation, but you have these bridges through it, these steel posts going right through that insulation, it's basically like putting holes in your big wall to allow heat to escape through it. 
Okay. Is that a good enough analogy? Okay. Yeah, it's good. It's good. Okay. okay so, so my question then was, yeah. what do you do to start avoiding that? What can we do? You've wasted your time putting insulation between the steel stars. Yeah. You haven't wasted it between timber, but maybe we'll get back to that. That's uh, just a product thing, right? I mean, like you, you haven't wasted it as much. Yes. So steel is a really good trans, transmitter or, or transfer device for yes. heat. Yeah. Um, timber is timber less. Is, timber is, is better at holding back the heat. Um, yeah. But it, still, it doesn't it doesn't transfer the heat as quickly. Correct. So a timber floor would feel warmer under your feet than steel a one. steel floor, for exactly. example, yeah. simply because it's it doesn't the timber is heat. not transferring the heat as exactly, fast, even yeah. if they're the same temperature. Yeah, not yet. Um, okay, so if you're changing out the studs, you change the timber, and instead of losing seventy or seventy seven percent of the R value, you lose what is it thirty thirty percent something like that with timber. Didn't we do that calculation? Yeah, we did. We did. Yeah. I think it's 20 or Somewhere around there, yeah. 20 so if you have R2 in your walls, then you'll get R, I'm bad at math, R1.6, 1.5. Yeah. If you, something like that. Yeah. 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 So that's a really interesting concept. So that's, that's still loss yeah. that we don't need to, to do. We, we, we don't need to put R2 insulation in the wall. Mm. And not get that value out of the wall. Yeah. So what's the answer? So the answer, in my in my opinion, I always suggest putting external insulation, fully continuous external insulation. So you have your stud wall, you have a sheathing board on the outside of that, and on the outside of the sheathing board, you put a you put a layer of insulation. You put one continuous layer that doesn't have things bridging through it, and that closes up your thermal breaks. And it differs from the thermal break um, 10 mil XPS strips that you put on the outside of your steel studs. It, it differs from that because you're no longer relying on the insulation between the studs. You're relying on the insulation that's outboard of the studs. And it's continuous, so there's nothing you know bridging through it. So you get the full R value of that insulation. Minus a little bit because you have to put fixings through it and stuff like that. You might, you know, a few percent here and there um, would go down. But you're basically getting almost all of your R value. Okay. So it sounds very Canadian. Uh, and and, and, and so? I say that. Well, are, I say are you going to bring because, it back to Parkers because, again? Because, Snow jackets? <laughs> no, well, maybe. Maybe. If, if you okay. want to. But hang on, before we get there, <laughs> yeah. you, you use the terminology stud wall. Yes. Uh, we, we, we tend not to, like that's not a common common way. I understand it. What do you I'm say? sure people, just a wall, a timber frame wall. Oh. Um, or... So what do you call the things, the vertical things? Studs? You don't studs. call them studs? Yeah, that's fine. But it's not but called it's a stud not, wall. just not called a stud wall. I'm just not sure why. Yeah, yeah. So that one. And then you talked about sheathing. Now, that's ah, yes. that's an interesting... I mean, it, you're talking about a continuous sheet of a product like... A solid product. Could be, could be plywood, could be fibre cement, could be um, plasterboard, like yep. an external uh, plasterboard. Fibre-faced uh, yep. gypsum board. So there's yeah. a few options there. But that's a continuous sheet on the outside of the framing. I don't want to say what people call it here because I don't I disagree with with calling calling it that. You know you know the word I'm looking for, right? Let's just call it plasterboard. Oh, you mean a rigid air barrier? Yeah. Oh. It's not a rigid. It's rigid. It's not an air barrier. It's not by defo- it's not on its own an yeah. air barrier. Yeah, yeah, true. You have to put tape with with a resistive barrier. Yeah. With a with a resistive barrier, WRB. Yeah. See, the thing is all That's of these things are just terminology. Yes. Yeah, well. But anyways, in terms of what we what we talk about, then we've got this weird Canadian idea. Was it Canadian idea? It probably what? wasn't external insulation. Yeah, uh, my guess is Europe, yeah. uh, like Northern Europe, Scandinavia. I feel like they come up with things. Well, some of that stuff I know that I've read recently about the the um, the history of of external insulation after oh. the Second World War, and they looked at. Uh, how to deal with the with the war damaged buildings? Sure, you know, damaged big shells, uh, big and big heavy masonry buildings. Yeah, that had bullet holes and, and things. Damage like that. on the outside. Yeah. Instead of trying to or having to rebuild some of that, they yeah. would put insulation over the outside of that, and then mm-hmm. solid plaster. And so that's it's an not a EIFS new thing. System. But we don't do this normally here. Yeah, I mean, a lot of our projects have this approach on them now, and this is for the reasons that we've just been talking about. Yeah, instead of trying to deal with the thermal bridging we kind of avoid it we kind of jump outside it yeah. past the structure just make it not get, even a thing yep so we get a full blanket of insulation on the outside so if you want to bring your parker analogy in here it's probably a good time i mean it's good right so it, while i while i have a little um swig of halatau 
is that number five? I think number it is. Five. I'm drinking cider personally. Oh, the uh, the Granny Parker. Smith, the Parker. Oh, the Granny. Right. Yeah, Parker. I'll get to the Parker. Okay, so a Parker is that the same terminology here? If I say Parker, does that mean snow jacket? Does that mean winter jacket here? Or does parka mean some sort of raincoat? Because I, I know that there's like a million different ways to call a raincoat here. Anyways, let me just get into it. Winter jacket, insulation on the outside. You basically put it around your whole body and you don't have studs. Hang on, th- wait. Winter, you, you, insulation on the outside of you. Yes. Right? Because I know that Joe Lestabrick, he talks about you don't eat the insulation and, and tuck it into your ribs. You don't. I mean, that would be dangerous, probably, well, no, but, at best. But the, the concept, you're not tucking it between <laughs> each rib no. and expecting to stay warm. Because the ribs are the studs. Right. So you either drink a lot of beer and, and, get, a nice and get a nice little layer of fat all the way around. Yeah, that's one way to do it. Uh, it takes a little bit longer. Or or you can be thin and trim and you could throw a, a, um, like a winter me. jacket. Yes, of course. I'm less <laughs> so now after the lockdown. But um, anyways, yeah, you put a, a thick layer around yourself, a, a jacket filled with down, filled with um, fluff, filled with foam, whatever it is. And that's your external insulation around your whole body. And the only thermal bridge is the zipper in the front. I feel like we've talked about this on one of we our- We have, we have. But I think yeah. I think this is why we've got this connection here between the external insulation, mm. because it doesn't come without some challenges, right? Sure. The details for openings for windows start yeah. to look a little bit different. Although weirdly enough, yeah. the details look more like a standard New Zealand detail on the frame and where the window sits. Yeah. And then your insulation starts to line up with the window. Now that that's the different bit. If yeah. the insulation is outside the wall, yes. our windows are generally hung outside the wall, which is currently not, not, on a non-externally insulated building. Yeah, that's right. Yes. Yeah. But and, if you put the if yeah. you put the external insulation, then it it recesses those those windows back a little bit into the frame. And if they are thermally broken um, window frames, then that thermal break, instead of hanging outside of the wall and being circumvented by um, you know, this the air kind of just goes around it. Um, they're tucked back into the frame. And so that thermal break is in line with the insulation. So it all works well. It's all one continuous system, which really works really I well. I guess the point there is it's not as radical as it might sound yeah. initially. It sounds nuts. It sounds crazy because everyone right now has insulation, fluffy stuff within their wall. Well, not everyone. Older houses don't have any insulation, but the first place you think to put it is the gaps between the the Because the that's what we've done since 1978. Yeah. So... Yeah. So we've got the insulation sitting outside the wall. Yes. What's, what is that product normally? Because it's not something that would, well, is it going to be wet? I think that's the first next question sure. which would be asked. If you Absolutely. put your insulation outside the wall, what are we talking about for layers here? We talked about the timber frame. Do you have to keep it watertight? Do you have to keep it protected? Whatever. Yeah. Is that what you're asking? Yeah. Actually, yeah. I'm just going to go, go, let's go layers okay. to get there. Yes. Timber frame. Does it matter if it's steel frame? At that point, no, no because you're putting Does the insulation. Does it matter if it's CLT? No, so whatever, whatever you want. It could be CLT. It can be precast concrete. It can be cast in place concrete. It can so be. What's right outside that layer? Then it's if it's a if it's timber frame. Let's just go back to simple. We've got a sheathing board. A sheathing board. So that could be rab board, which I hate that word because it's not, it's a product name. It's not a, it's not the real thing. No offense, James Hardy. I'm just it's it. That's not. It, it, it's, it's like misused. Kleenex. It's like yeah, Velcro. Yeah. It's like, you know, it's it's a it's a product name. It's not the actual name of what the thing is. Um, so sheathing board outside of the studs. And then outside of that, I would generally put some sort of membrane, unless the sheathing board is fully waterproof, fully taped, et cetera, et cetera. But I still would put a membrane on the outside just to give you that extra layer of redundancy. And, it, and, and we've got a mix on our projects, right? We've got we've yeah. got those full proprietary systems sure. that are just taped. Yeah. And then we've got those and another layer on the outside. Yeah. So that's your water resistive layer. Yes. Is that your only water layer, water shedding layer? No, it's not the shedding layer. Oh, no, that's, this is the language. <laughs> you're tossing low balls at me here. Well, no, I'm, I'm pu- pulling this out of the <laughs> British Columbian um, guide for, for housing, yeah. for house design. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, that's, so that, that is the question though. Yeah. You've got first and last lines of defense or maybe multiple lines of defense. Yeah. So let's just move outward slowly so through that. Sheathing board, you have, I would prefer always putting a membrane. You can get away without it, but it, it's just so when much better. When you say membrane, you mean a, a, a flexible sheet, yeah. which is either adhered or put over that. Yeah. I would go fully adhered because it just, it's easier to do. It just, it solves a whole bunch of problems if it's fully adhered. That's my opinion. On the outside of that, you put your insulation. And it depends on what kind of insulation you want to use. That kind of 
um, tells you what you need to do extra. If you're putting something like a semi-rigid mineral fiber, like a rock wool, that's the um, that's the the proprietary name. And then uh, what's the what's the one from Owens Corning called again? Thermofiber. Thermo yeah. yeah. So, so those, that's a, that's, a, that's a spun rock. So that's real rock. They melt it which down. Which is melted and spun like candy floss. Yeah. It looks a lot like fiberglass insulation. It looks like you know pink bats. But once again, proprietary names. Um, it looks a lot like fiberglass uh, fluff bat insulation, but it's more rigid. It's a it's a semi rigid kind of flexible board as opposed to just being fluffy stuff. And that is is not affected by water. It can you can pour water right on it, and it'll either bead up and drain off, or even if it does absorb in a little bit, it'll just kind of drain through and dry right out. Doesn't doesn't affect it. Doesn't damage it. Like so, while it's wet, it will affect the the, the performance value? of that product Slightly. if it was heavily if laden it was with drenched. water. Yeah, yeah. But usually, it only goes in a few millimeters on the outside face and then dries back out. Right. It doesn't usually. And there's get a great too wet. study we can point people to yeah. from RDH yeah. that we can. Yeah that's, oh, yeah, that's a really good one that talks yeah. about how much water you can try and force through the product. Yeah. And then there's other, there's different ways to secure that to the wall. Um, you can either have Z girts. So you have a, you know, a, a, a piece of metal that's shaped like a Z that you attach to the wall. And then you kind of tuck the insulation into that. So it holds it on. So, or, not, so lots of those across the wall? I mean, not that many of them. No, right. probably every, I don't know, meter or so. It depends on how thick the insulation is, depends on how strong it has to be, sure. et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Um, but that, that is a thermal bridge in itself, but because you usually go horizontal with that and vertical with your studs, your, your thermal bridges are only those points instead of lining them up and having one continuous line through you're offsetting it. You're going 90 degrees to that. And so you only get points as opposed to so full if lines. The, if the studs is 50 millimeters wide, I'm just going really, really easy maths. Yeah, yeah. And if the Z code sure. is 50 millimeters, then you've only got a square, which is, 50 which is 50. that 50 by 50. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. now the, the one thing I can imagine there is yes. that that would work if you also had some internal insulation. So there's a little bit of a, sure. I mean, I'm not like, this is down to yes. kind of nth degree detail, but yeah. just, just to point out that that, that doesn't sound like a complete absence of thermal bridging I agree. to me through yep. that structure, yep. through what you described. Yeah. Anyway. So you want to put some fluffy stuff in the, in the studs, but anyways, if you want to get rid of that thermal bridging, um, situation, what you could do is um, there's stick pins. So if it's like a smaller house, basically there are th these little pins that have a sticky pad on, on one side. You stick those to your wall and then you just shove the insulation onto that and it just holds on. Um, almost like toothpicks on your wall, if that makes any sense. Yeah, yeah it sounds like it's going to fall off. It sounds like it, but What's because it's a board, thing? right? Uh, because it's a board, it'll, it'll yeah, stay but it's on. not going to stay there forever. No, exactly. But the other option is if you have a a steel batten or a timber batten, if it's a if it's a small house, you can't use those on on high rise or anything like that. But you could have a batten that goes on the outside, and you screw through the batten oh, into so the those, stud so behind. So those pins are there just to hold the boards, hold the insulation boards as a temporary um, while you get a cladding system. Not necessarily. I've seen it used just like that. And then the cladding on the outside is supported by something else. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It depends okay. on, it's a little bit kind of avant-garde. It's a little bit kind of out there. So I generally wouldn't use stick pins personally because yeah, yeah I want a little bit more. Because we've got a project at the moment, which is using pins to temporarily fix. Or oh, is it? I mean, the, the boards will stay there with yeah. the, with the, the, the pinned system, yeah. Yeah. but that's not hanging anything else. It's only for the insulation. Correct. And then there's a rail system and cladding for the hanging cladding on the outside. outside. Yeah. Of that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. So you could use it, but yeah, I would generally have a batten on the outside. You screw through the batten, screw through the insulation, and then you have just screws going through the insulation into the studs, and that holds the whole situation so on. So that's a, those, so now I'll start that again. Those screws then yes. are thermal bridges. They are. But they're really small. They're tiny. They're a few square millimeters at most. Yes. Going through that insulation. Exactly. So you'll get a few percent off of your R value, um, but you're going to get most of it. It's it's a negligible reduction in in the R value. You're talking about very very small, yeah. less than way 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 less than one percent yeah, of exactly. your wall. In fact, less than 01 percent. Did I say a couple wall. percent? I meant well, no, no. In performance, no, that's different. See, the, and this is this is really interesting because this comes yeah. right back to the beginning again. Yeah. If you have a, a material which is highly conductive, yes, you don't need a lot of it yeah. to lose the same amount of energy as something which is. Not as conductive, yes, but is more insulative, yeah, yeah, but is 
bigger, right? Yeah, exactly. More surface area, but less less conduction. Less conductivity. Yeah. yeah, conductivity. That's the word. Yeah, that's the word. Well, that's really that's, that's really good. Okay, now one thing that I'm and and this is something that I had to get my head around when I first came across this too. Yeah, is that what you've described there? Yeah. is a a wall which is largely compared with common New Zealand walls. Yes, you've kind of turned the whole thing inside out a little bit. Yeah. So the difference that I'm hearing and. I can picture, and I just want to make this really clear to yes. people listening to this, is mm. that if we go now from the outside, we throw rain at this thing. Yeah. The rain, let's say it's a, let's say it's a, it's a, um, like a, like an open weatherboard. Yeah. Or I'm not open quite jointed sure cladding. Yeah, of some open sort. jointed cladding. Yeah, I was trying to trying to get something holes that's a little in the bit cladding. It's not fully sealed. It Ho- doesn't have holes in the cladding. Right. Yes. So deliberate holes in the cladding. So a, a, let's say it's like an aluminium screen. Or, yep. Aluminium with holes screen. in it. Sure. Behind that, yes, you would have a gap, a, a cavity. Yes. A rain screen cavity, as it's called. Yeah. Yeah. And behind that, you're hmm. immediately into the insulation. Yes. And now this is the unusual part because what we are relying on is the rain screen to Block. be the water shedding surface. Blocks to, most to of the water. Most of the water. Yeah. But then you can get water back behind that cladding and, and it, can, some of that's going to run down the back of the cladding. Sure. But there'll be some which is pushed up or flicked up or whatever, sprayed, sprayed up against the insulation. Mm-hmm. And it's at that point yeah. that the arguments start oh shoot why would you do that why would yes. you allow to allow your insulation to get wet and of i think course. it's a really really good question yeah and this is why it's a little bit backwards because we are technically allowing that to get wet yeah but the drainage at the back of that behind that again mm-hmm. the absolute last line of defense behind the insulation well protected yeah behind the insulation is a full Water layer tight. of product which is going to feed any water out to the bottom of the wall and exactly of the building or out away from the building yeah now it sounds like a wet wall it sounds and like it and i get this question all the time because some because I'll, I'll suggest an externally insulated system and i'll say yeah put rock wool put thermofiber put a mineral fiber insulation board in there and then the first question I always get is, do we need to put something in front between the cladding and the insulation? Do Another I wall underlay. Exactly. Yeah. And I say no. And the person's like, wait, what do you mean no? Um, because mineral fiber insulation sounds or feels or, or, or the, the imagination there, it, it, it seems like it would be fiberglass insulation. And fiberglass insulation, if you get it wet, it starts to get soggy. It starts to not really melt, but it's a, it you know, flattens down to the bottom of the stud wall. It's it, it's not good when it's wet. Whereas mineral fiber, mineral fiber insulation is designed specifically to be able to get wet and just dry right back out. And if you don't believe us, come into the office. We have samples. It's been sitting in water for months, almost a year, over a year? It would be over a year. Over yeah. a year, yeah. yeah. So we have a, like a chunk of rock wool. It's been sitting in water. You pick it up and the water just freely drains out the square, the cube, the structure of it, it did not, it didn't yeah. melt, it didn't fall apart, it didn't um, soften, it didn't no. compress. What's what's the benefit of that ultimately? Like it, within that wall, yeah. if you do tip water into it, it's yes. not affected by water, as you said before. Correct. But I, we, we'll say that again, that the R value has to be affected to a small degree. Of course. Absolutely. But, but it's saying that's temporary. First of all, temporary. And second of all, in my opinion, it's negligible because the amount of water that's getting through your cladding is not very much. And whatever does get through usually drains down the backside of the cladding. But even if it does get all the way across that cavity to the insulation, it'll only absorb a few millimeters in. The only reason the sample that we have in the office is super wet is because it's literally sitting inside water. It is underwater. Um, but if it's in a vertical situation, it's inside a rain screen cavity, it'll just dry right out. It's it's fine. And, and again, we can point people to that study from RDH, which yep. which you know deliberately set this up to yep. try to make it fail. Exactly. And the result that they got, they mm. were binning a lot of water. It's yeah. all in the numbers, but they got one percent of the water all the way back to one percent, one percent all the way back to the last line of defense, yeah. which is back at that sheathing line behind the insulation. But that, that was a lot of effort. They had to take, they were taking weatherboards, yeah. you know, taking them off in the test rig. They were taking spraying the water. Weather. Yeah, yeah. Did yeah. they have like a full aircraft propeller spraying the water in there? Well, was it one of those? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe. I can't remember the, yeah. yeah. 
But but the thing is, only 1% of the water got through the insulation, and then it got to a fully watertight, fully airtight membrane. That's the mem- point. Membrane. That's it. Right there. So instead Even if it does of, get there, it's fine. Yeah. So instead of having another wall underlay it sort of in behind the cladding line, yeah. you've got it back behind the insulation. Yeah. So it's pre- further protected by the insulation and water. T- so you just get extra layers of redundancy and it all just works well. So let's go back a little bit to the thermal bridging. In this case, the absence of thermal bridging. Yes. So we're not even talking about thermal breaks now. We just no. don't, we don't need a thermal break in the wall that we've just described because we don't have thermal bridging we went to begin all the way with. on the outside of it. We're just going around the river okay, instead of so, over the bridge. So we, we <laughs> let's bring it back down to that. So we've got this blanket of insulation down the wall. Hmm. It still needs to be somehow meeting up with penetrations through that wall. So they sometimes somehow have to connect up with the insulation somehow has to connect up in some At way corners, to the corners, roofs. Is that what you're joinery? Talking about? Well, oh, to the joinery. windows. Yeah. I see. Yep. But yep, it's got to go around corners so that doesn't sound too hard. I can yeah. imagine imagine that yeah. based on some of the projects that we've been doing. But ultimately what you're talking about is a structure which is carrying the cladding hmm. around a corner yep. outside the insulation. So there's some some sort of structural connection yeah. which isn't necessarily continuous. It could be clips that are hanging the cladding outside the insulation line. So what do we do when we get to the ground because thermal bridging yes. at slab, at concrete, yeah. where it sits in the ground, that's a real challenge for designers at the moment. Yeah. There are a couple of proprietary systems which deal with this. Yep, I've seen some. What's your what's your take on that? And how, how bad is the problem, maybe? Maybe that's a good place to start. Um, how bad's the problem? Uh, like, to be honest, compared to having aluminium windows and compared to having steel studs in the walls, I don't care about the slab. That's, that's, I mean, like, yes, once you get those, those bridges closed up, um, around the windows and through the studs and things like that, once you get that done, then you can start worrying about the slab. But an easy way to do it is just toss some insulation underneath, underneath the slab or even around the slab edge at, at ground level. It'll help. It's good, but. And, and the same material. Um, I wouldn't put rock wool, no. Um, I mean, you could, I guess, but I would put something like an XPS, um, because or even an EPS is fine. Uh, extruded polystyrene and expanded polystyrene. Extruded polystyrene is the blue, yellow, pink stuff. Um, and that's rigid a solid, board. Yeah, it's a much more solid board, yeah, isn't it? Not it made up like, of the beads. Yes, the beads, the styrofoam stuff. That's EPS. Yeah, um, and it's generally white, but there are some black products as well. Sure, in the market, sure, yeah. sure, sure. Yeah. The, the only thing with that is the, the one thing to consider with the EPS is it can take on more water than XPS. I'm going to disagree with you. Oh, I did no. some research. I did some research, and um, there's been some studies that compared XPS and EPS. Um, XPS um, doesn't allow water to um, seep in as quickly. But it also holds it for longer, whereas EPS, the ah. water goes in quickly, but then it drains out much faster. And so, depending on who you ask, well, that's true. EPS might and be better. Probably XPS might different be better. grades of product too, sure, right? Because there are some really light, light yes. uh, versions of EPS that yeah. allow liquid to drain through yeah. them. It's like a drainage yes. mat kind of approach in yeah. the back of retaining walls. Like, but, wow, really? Yeah. But I was surprised to see that too because I always thought I was always taught yeah. in school that XPS is the thing because it's watertight. It's very vapor impermeable it's not gonna let water through but it does um, well you got to read the read the actual data on yeah, the sheets right yeah. that's yeah well know, there's that. know what the product is the, yeah there's that but even even if you do look at the data sheets of xps versus eps it's hard to kind of mm. tell which one's going to work better in sure. water but you can compare xps to xps sure there must be some differences oh, in data yes. and you know the way that it's Maybe the blowing agents, I'm not really sure. Sure, yeah. That's you get different R values, different densities, different uh, amounts of water coming through it. But yeah, interesting that study that had showed they, their their deduction or their um, the recommendation at the end was that EPS is better in underground situations. Wow. Surprised the heck out of me. Now, I didn't think I'm so. Gonna, I'm going to just, just qualify that maybe, sure. not to disagree, but just yeah. to qualify. You know, we're talking about the way in which products are used, not just their performance on yeah. their own. Yeah. And and I think that's really important to consider that we build 
all sorts of different ways. You know, some retaining walls have drainage systems built in and levels of redundancy and some yeah. just have none. Yeah. You know, or they should have sure. other layers. But often it'll be One thing. it'll be a a, a painted uh, you know like a flint coat on the back of a block wall mm-hmm. and then maybe a little skin of of EPS to prevent the backfill, the scoria from digging through that paint layer. Or just corf- very, uh, very, very, yep. Usually. So, yeah, but super lightweight, not really, really carefully thought through or well protected or even necessarily well drained. Yeah. So there's a little bit of, I, I guess what you're saying is absolutely true in the right context. Sure. And I'm not necessarily saying that I'm right or wrong. I'm no. just saying it's, all of this is contextual and how we use products. You can have great products it. and use them in a terrible way. Yeah. And yeah. don't just believe us. Go on the internet. Look at look at your own studies. Like that's that's the way that we learn. I, I always thought that XPS was the best, but I went on the internet. I looked for it and I yeah. found some, you know, not just, you know, some YouTube video or something like that. It was, an, you know, a, a peer reviewed study from a university, they they compared the two things. It was a good lab um, yeah, test yeah. and stuff like that. So, yeah. anyways, it's great. Go look it up. But we we've been talking for forty minutes. Are you uh, joking? Boring, boring the heck out of these people. Uh, hopefully, we're not too boring, guys. But um, see, I'm going to disagree with you from something you said before oh about God. the slab edge because <laughs> okay. because my house yes I've got no insulation under the slab, yeah. so I'm I'm in renovation. Yeah, uh, I I. I'm very disappointed in myself 10 years ago when I renovated or nine or whatever it was yeah. that I didn't take the time to actually do that, to put something between the tiles and the concrete floor. It's oh, cold. there, I see. Now, oh, on now, top of the concrete, you mean? Well, yeah, that was my only option. Yes, so it's a renovated garage, essentially, yeah, that's been, yeah. you know, sort of brought into the into the, the guts of the house. But yeah. where it is really cold now yes. is an... A, a curve, if you like, around the doors, the external doors. So I've got insulation in the walls, yeah, and I've got three doors that lead out. So you imagine sort of French door kind of arrangement, which sure. leads out onto a deck. Sure. And each of those doors, yeah, have these cold. Like uh, if you step right next to the door, you can yeah, feel the coldness, yeah, yeah. but not just next to the door. They, they you can imagine a, a circle that kind of comes away from like the door cold. or rings of cold. Yeah, I see. Um, you know, back to maybe maybe half a meter or more away from the door. And so now, that's from the slab edge. That's from the slab edge. Mm. It's radiating heat outward gotcha. at the slab edge. So you're, wait, hold on, hold on, hold on, slow down. You're saying that the cold doesn't come inwards? You're saying the heat goes outwards? Heat goes out. Yeah. It's heat that transfers. It, heat, no, heat, heat goes from hot to cold. Hot to cold, yeah. Exactly. Never the other way around. It feels like it's cold coming in, but it's really heat going out. Yeah. 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 Nice. Yeah. Anyways. Um, but my problem there is I would be dealing with that, and I'm, I've got, otherwise I've got a reasonable um, envelope on the building, you know, yeah. reasonable thermal envelope. But that point, I've got that badly wrong, so, and I need something on the outside of that slab edge to stop that bleed of heat. So you wish you dug it out and put some insulation on the outside of that slab yeah. edge? Yeah. Fair. Sure. Yeah. 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 Fair. Yeah. Anyway, it's Anyways. it's a, it's one of those details that, yeah I, yeah, I agree with you. Your windows would be the first, That's along with getting some insulation into the walls. Yeah. 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 So windows are pretty bad. Because like digging up around your slab, it's a whole thing. You got to call someone with a backhoe or dig it out with a no. shovel. Dig it yourself. Oh. What I mean, are you? I've, I've dug trenches. I'm not, not those kinds of trenches, but I mean like dug trenches at a farm. My parents are farmers and you have to dig, you know, big trenches to get water out of the fields and stuff like that. And it's just such a pain. Oh my God. It's oh, when you're doing it for your own house, that's a little bit different. Oh, okay. You get that, that satisfaction or yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah. It's not like, mom, dad, I don't feel like doing that. So you're that's, a kid. <laughs> so so, so in, in a really big sense, yes. so we've talked about tiny thermal bridges, which would be really significant but small elements right so your windows are really bad like aluminium windows thin bits of aluminium that are transferring a lot of heat thin steel studs what i've just described is on a floor yeah around the perimeter of a concrete floor and that's a big thermal bridge leading a lot of energy but but less quickly than metal but a little yeah a lot a lot slower than than through metal but it's still there and i'm still losing energy and i still have to replace that to keep some warmth in the house. Yeah. So let's continue with these slab edges. Um, not the ones on the ground floor. What about the ones that are suspended in the air? So if you're talking about an apartment building. Ooh, um, with a concrete balcony. Concrete balcony. That's the easiest one to think about. Yeah. Because that is, it looks like a radiator fin. Radiator? Radiator? How do you pronounce it? Radiator. Radiator. Yeah. Cool. Um, so radiator fins on the outside of the building. I, coming from Toronto, uh, lived in an apartment building. And it had concrete balconies all the way around. And you would step next to your window, thermally broken, or was it vinyl? No, it was thermally broken aluminium um, window joinery. Um, 
but stepping on the concrete next to it, it's ice cold because you're getting all of that cold from that slab. Well, sorry. Uh, yeah, I'm, 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 uh, I'm, I'm doing the wrong thing. You just thing. contradicted yourself. I did, I did contradict myself. I'm, the heat inside goes is, out is to, being, it's being bled outwards. Yes, yeah. exactly. Bled outwards. But yeah, that, that the cold sensation was right next to where that slab right. edge was. And so. Well, let's just describe that for a second. So yes. we've got to sort of paint this picture a little bit. Yep. You've got, you've got the side of a tall building. Yes. And on that building, you've got a whole lot of balconies that are sticking out of that yep. building. Yep. And what you're describing is the way that they're connected into the building. It's weird. They're, they're hanging. No, they're not hanging. Mm. They're just sticking out. They're cantilevered off the edge of the slab. sticking out through yeah. the wall yes. as a single piece of concrete. That's yes. probably the easiest way to look at it. So the floor that you walk on doesn't change. It just goes out onto a balcony. And it's, there's surface area on the top, on the outside, and on the bottom of that slab. And it's cold. And it's cold. And it's, it's sucking the heat from the inside of your house outwards. But it doesn't even have to be a balcony. There's a lot of um, apartment buildings in Toronto that were built in the 60s, 70s. Um, and they have brick walls with... Um, uh, I think it's double wife brick. And so no insulation back in the day, but they've since insulated them. But all of the slab edges are exposed. And so you have this edge of concrete sticking out in the building. Here in New Zealand, here in Auckland, probably would be fine. But in, you know, minus 30, minus 35, it bleeds a lot of heat to the outside. Well, you, I mean, you say it's probably fine, but I've just described my house, which is essentially that with a concrete sure. edge, concrete sure. floor out to the edge of the building. Just put some slippers on. Oh, harden up, harden <laughs> up, put another jersey on. But just go right back, back, you talked about a, a radiator. Yeah. Radiator. 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 Let's yeah. go radiator. Radiator, sure. What are you talking about there? What do you actually mean? Give me some. Give me a, a, an easy one to picture. What's what's that and how, mm. how are you connecting that with a balcony sticking off a building? Okay, well, I mean, the, the easiest one to think of is the one in your car. The thing that's in the front of your car, it's got a bunch of little pieces of foil or pieces of metal and there's liquid going through those pieces of metal and the air is traveling through that when you're on the highway and it's blowing through or you have the fan running when you're, when you're stopped. But basically there's airflow going through those fins and you're taking the heat from the engine and putting it into that radiator or radiator and the air is sucking that heat away because you don't want your car to overheat. So if you just take all of those little fins that are inside the radiator um, and put them on the outside of the building and make them out of concrete instead of out of metal and have them just be solid without liquid inside. Sorry, I'm getting really technical here. Um, then basically it's the exact same thing. You have a lot of surface area for right. a lot of the heat to go away. Right. So it's a way of moving heat out right. of an engine, if you like. Yeah. And what you're comparing that to or, yeah. or or connecting that to is how to move heat quickly out of a building. Yeah. Which is exactly what we don't want. Yeah. You want so to keep that, that heat thermal in. bridge mm-hmm. is huge yeah. on an engine yeah. or with the radiator, but it's huge mm-hmm. on a building too. Yeah. And so the first thing that we do, we'll go back. The first thing that you do on a on an existing building is look at the window performance. Sure. Next thing you might do is the walls. The walls. But yeah. But really soon, you're going to be looking at the other thermal bridges yeah. in that envelope, in yeah. that building. Probably so the, the concrete slab, slabs. Slab edge, slab or balcony yeah, yeah. sticking out into the air, into yeah. the cold air. And to and to fix that and to stop that thermal bridge at the balcony area, there's a bunch of different ways to do it. If you're doing it with a new building, there are proprietary products that um, separate the building, the inside part of the slab, from the outside part of the slab. So you're separating the balcony from the inside slab with a thermal break. It's basically... Um, I think it's made of plastic of some sort, um, but then you have the the reinforcement bars that go through the slab out into the balcony. So it's all connected with the with the real bars, but um, it's got the plastic in between. So it, it reduces the amount of heat transfer between there. So there are products that will allow that. you to avoid the this thermal bridging problem. So it's not it's about new. getting rid of the balconies. No. It's not about not having windows in the yeah. building. It's not about avoiding whatever. You just got to think a bit differently. Yeah. Are, are they free? They're not free. They are expensive. But? But there are other ways of doing it. You don't have to have those proprietary systems. If you're doing a high-rise building, that might be the cheapest way to do it because it's the easiest to do because you just put it into the into the formwork um, as you're going up the building, pour the concrete, and then you're done. Whereas if it's an older building that you're retrofitting, 
um, instead of cutting off the balconies, putting that in and then putting more balcony on the outside, um, another way of doing it would be to wrap the balcony in insulation. Oh, I've seen a detail for that and I laughed the first time I saw it. It's a, it's a whole thing. But there are, there, I've seen some studies where you don't need to actually wrap the entire balcony. If you just wrap the insulation on the bottom and top side of the slab of that balcony out, I don't know, a meter or so, like not the entire balcony, but just a little bit, then that actually helps a lot, like a substantial amount, because you're reducing that surface area. You're not having that huge amount of of area. That all comes down to how bad is the problem. Correct. And what am I aiming at? Yeah. So if if you're looking at, well, new build is easy, right? You aim at a particular amount of Mm -hmm. energy to heat and possibly cool, but to heat your building. And you work towards that and you yeah. put the materials in there that get you there. Yeah. And that's and that's going to be even in Auckland, that's going to be minimum of thermally broken aluminium. Yeah. That's something that we haven't really talked about, is the difference between I mean Between what? Well between the windows now? normal aluminium. Yeah, going back to windows because yeah. it's 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 actually one of the areas which is the easiest, but we're out of time. We do, no, we got ten minutes. We we're gotta gonna do, do that in another I mean, yeah, we'll talk about it another time. And I think we talked about it when we talked about windows as well, but we can revisit it. Um, and then I also want to talk about roofs um, because oh, yeah. that's another thing. So uh, aluminum windows, if it's a straight piece of aluminum, you're just bleeding all of your energy through that aluminum. Get ones that have thermal breaks in them. They don't even have to be that large. It'll make a huge difference. Um, and then you can also think about the spacer between the two pieces of glass in the IGU, the insulated glazing unit, the, you know, the double glazing Right, how, how you keep the glass apart? Is yeah. that the, the, the piece around the outside? Yeah, yep. instead of being stainless steel or aluminium, you'd go with a foam spacer of some sort, and it, it increases that uh, that uh, thermal uh, break. It, it See, reduces the thermal break. That sounds really pathetic. It sounds but terrible. But you're it's, talking about products that are carefully... Correct. You know, it's it, not just... Chosen materials and yeah, all of that stuff. Not, not a the random... Fluff, yeah, not yeah. the fluff inside your, your, your kid's teddy bear. It's like, you know, specifically designed to do oh, this. Oh, that'd be a cheap way to do it, though. <laughs> Just rip rip a whole bunch of teddy bears open. Terrible. So um, improve, improve your windows. <laughs> and you probably hear us saying on every single podcast, improve your windows. That's the that's Stop what we're really Stop using non-thermally broken aluminium. Your Don't options use are straight. Your options are yeah. thermally broken aluminium. Yes. Which yeah. is the frame being broken. You're stopping the thermal bridging yes. within that frame. You're you're separating the that's, two pieces, the inside, the, the outside. Minimum. Yep. The bare minimum. Or you could go to a UPVC, UPVC which is the vinyl, the, the, the vinyl window, yep. which is not popular in New Zealand yet. But we've got samples. In fact, we've got some right there on yeah. the floor that are full black. The new ones UPVC, are great. They look amazing. The old ones, I agree. The ones from the 80s were garbage. Terrible windows. They fell apart. They got sunburnt. They turned brown they're garbage but the new ones are great um then the third option is timber right third option would be timber but gosh there's so many options you know we've got some on the on the 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 drawings at the moment uh one particular building that have got an aluminium skin on the outside of the timber so you're not painting great and and it sounds like well why would you do timber and aluminium well it's It's about decoration former yeah it's decoration just decoration that that skin on the outside is not a bridge yeah because it doesn't go through so your timber and it looks stunning from the inside it's a wall around the river are they free no they're not no um so yeah um thermal broken aluminium upvc or timber don't use cost from from old aluminium to new thermally broken aluminium what's the cost step there because i've heard it's nothing i've heard i've heard that it's one and the same thing it shouldn't be any money in canada it doesn't cost any more money because that's just the standard that's just what is sold i'm imagining you can't buy aluminium as a standard like it would only be thermally broken i've never seen it yeah Yeah. um here some people say 10 percent more um but if everyone starts using them, if we all decide, yes, let's do this, they'll be, they won't be extra money. They will be the exact same price because it's the exact same. Oh, so everybody needs to lot to do it and just to do just to make that the standard in their yeah. factory and away we go. Yeah. 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 Okay. So, um, we've talked about the windows, uh, close the thermal bridges there, close the ones in the wall, close the ones in the slabs, roof. Let's get to the roof. Dum, dum, dum. Yeah. Do you want to start? Or do you want me to start? No, no, you go. You go. You, you brought to it up. Come on. I did bring. I did bring it up. Do you okay. want me to throw you a low ball? Do you want me to? Yeah, toss me something. What's the What's right the, the hardest place. thing to deal with in a building? Where does the heat go? Uh, no. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, just to answer those silly questions, the heat goes up. That's that's how hot air works. It that's rises. Air, but it goes out the windows first. Yes. Yeah. I mean, sort out your windows. You like close the gaps? <laughs> you mean, or you mean close the thing? Yeah. <laughs> make your windows better. No, yeah. Make your no, windows better. Okay. Roof. Let's go. Roof. Here yeah. Go. So through the roof. Okay. So. 
here, typically in New Zealand, um, we have a ceiling. We have a little bit of insulation on top of the ceiling because it's now mandatory, uh, at least for rental buildings. And then there's either a timber truss structure on top um, or sometimes a steel truss structure on top and then a sloped metal roof on top. So like we said uh, a bunch of times in this podcast, metal conducts heat very well. So if you have a metal roof, it's going to be basically the exact same temperature as the outside. If you have metal trusses and the metal trusses are supporting those that metal roof, then the, the, the temperature of that metal roof is going to be basically the same as the metal truss all the way through. Because if one point of the metal is a certain temperature, almost all of the metal is going to be basically the same temperature because it transfers heat so quickly and so well. So where am I going with this? Well, it, the, the the thing around thermal bridging or stopping the oh, yeah, heat transfer. Yeah, so <laughs> the thing we're talking about. Oh, yeah. You got all excited about <laughs> Completely lost my train of thought. Um, it's a Friday, guys. I'm, I'm sorry. I apologize. You've had half a cider. Half yeah. a glass of cider. Yeah, it's been, yeah. A, it's been a long lockdown, I guess. I uh, haven't really been drinking throughout the lockdown. So, yeah, it hits me. But I'm not, no, I'm not, I'm not an inebriated yet. But it's just, I got excited about it because... The typical thing to do here is to have a cold roof, to have a metal roof that is whoa, ice whoa, cold. Whoa, 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 Okay. Oh, gosh. What does that mean? Cold roof? Come on. What does that mean? Okay. So the typical roof here, I would call it a cold roof because the insulation is at the ceiling level. So everything- Okay. So horizontal, generally. Horizontals, so, yes. So you've got you've got your room, you're standing inside your room. you got the your gypsum board ceiling. ceiling is above you and yep. right above that, you've you got have- a- Fluffy insulation sitting on the top. Well, there's timber, timber rafters, timber roof beams, timber joists, whatever you want to call them. Right, but your insulation is on is top. Generally sitting on that in that space on top right of that whole there, thing. yes. And it's going to be pretty much generally in contact with the plasterboard because that's yes. going to be holding up the insulation. Correct. Okay, so that's where your insulation layer is. And so above that above that, you've got a framework. That's framework. what you're talking about with the truss, and it could be any material. Yeah. So you're describing this way of building of the sort. structure. So there's a there's space there. Yeah. There's attic space or Correct. roof space. Whatever you want to call it. Yep. So there's air in that roof space. Yes. And above that, you've got a roof. Sometimes there's a roof underlay underneath the metal, but yep. yes, it's basically roof underlay but it and could then be, it could metal be roof. metal or it could be concrete tile roof, but could it's be. still called a cold roof. Yes. Because, because. That's, that's because you have the temperature in the attic is outside temperature. It's non-conditioned space. It okay. is basically outside. So you have your insulation at your ceiling level, which means that everything above that insulation is going to be cold. It's going to be the same temperature as outside. And yes, in the summer, it's going to be warm, but we're not designing for the summer because the summer is beautiful and 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 so temperate you, here and so comfortable. You love being 35 degrees though, don't you? I mean, you'd I don't it. mind it. I you, don't mind you'd it. love it to be 40 degrees. Uh, no, you know what? To be honest, the 28 degree maximum here is so pleasant. I, it's just yeah. comfortable and wonderful. So we're not designing to the best time of the year. We're designing to the worst time of the year good, because that's good. when that's when you need it the most. That's when you need your house to keep you warm. So in the winter, when it's cold outside, that attic space is cold. And therefore, everything above that attic space, which is all of the roofing, it's all cold. So that's what I call a cold roof. Now- just to qualify, Please. clarify, yeah. there's nothing inherently, directly evil about a cold roof. <sighs> yeah, I'll agree with you there. There's nothing inherently... You can design it properly. You can make it work. But generally, if you have a 3% pitch, long-run metal roof with a steel structure underneath you it... start to get a bit frightening. There is, yeah. ah, there is very little way in my mind that you can make that work without condensation happening inside of it. It's just, it's going to cause yeah. problems, in my opinion. If yeah. you can prove me wrong, please contact me, yeah. prove me wrong, tell me how and to look, do I think, it. I, I think it is possible yeah. because I've worked with, but but you're starting to introduce some very careful, carefully um, inserted layers, if you like, Correct. into that structure. Yes. You're not generally talking about renovation, yes. or if you are, you're talking about major, like really pulling stuff sure. apart to rebuild. Yeah. So yeah. I think it can be done, but what you're going to describe is... Next is going to look at a warm roof structure. Yes. yes. And and the benefit of that is that it's it's inherently a lower risk of moisture uh, inside or there. condensation inside yeah. the structure inside the house. Yeah. So than than a cold roof. Yes. So the the difference is the the, the warm roof. What it is is you're putting the insulation 
outside of the top, not outside the top layer of, of the roof, but you're basically putting it outside of the structure of the roof. That sounds so, awful like, like the wall we just talked about. Like the externally insulated wall? Wild. Who would have thunk? Um, but anyways... So we could we could we could repeat all of that again and talk about an external wall, but just tip it on an angle. Basically, it's the exact it's same thing. Going to be a very similar. You're principle. closing all the thermal bridges that come from the timber structure or the steel structure. You're closing the bridges from the steel roof. Basically, you're putting the insulation on the outside of the structure, and that keeps the attic space nice and warm, which means that you're going to get less condensation because you're not going to get cold surfaces in there that are going to be below the dew point temperature of the air inside the attic. These are a lot of words. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. But basically, the, the idea is that you're keeping the insulation on the outside so that your attic stays warm so that you get less problems in there. So I'd, I'd like to chuck an idea in there that if we if we stopped thinking about it as an attic where you throw up a bit of old whatever boxes yeah. of whatever you'd know you yeah. you look at it as a space that sure. could be a bedroom could i mean be. not that you're trying yeah you, you, that might be a really good thought sure. but it could be a habitable space or so it's actually inside the thermal envelope yeah it's but even, inside the building yeah but even if it's not a bedroom because that's a little bit more effort that's a little bit more you know you have to put dry you have to put gypsum board up there you have to put insulation blah 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 sure but like, it's still gonna be warm it'll I'm be talking warm. about as a as a storage space, you can just put stuff up there, and you don't have to worry about it getting wet, worry about it getting moldy, worry about it getting dusty, even because you're not getting that outside air blowing through underneath the attic. And and okay, so some people will argue me, with me and say that a cold roof works because you have airflow from the soffits or the soffits and out the ridge cap. And I challenge you to go onto Google, um, change your country settings to not New Zealand, change it to Canada, and then search whether or not a cold roof works. And there's a lot of studies. There's a lot of studies. But that's not New Zealand. I mean, we're <laughs> unique here, Peter. We're unique. We've got moisture in the air dare. here. The uh, thing it's, is, it's funny because I know that the, the that's Vancouver, the first thing. Yeah. Vancouver has a you were there. very, yeah, very similar climate. Yeah, a little bit cooler compared with Auckland, but not really across the country. No. So, Slightly colder than only Auckland. And and there's a lot I I, I, I think I yeah. think yeah. that there is a lot more research into making buildings uh, better there yeah. because if you don't you die. Yeah. And that's a really good driver. Yeah. Now that that's not just Vancouver. I mean it's cold All enough Canada. there to be unpleasant. But yeah. you've got this whole industry which is aiming at better buildings. Yeah. The house we stayed in in yeah. Vancouver. Yeah. I think I was think it, it was built in 1916, or could have been a, bit, a little bit earlier, sure. but it was comfortable. But it had full radiators on the, <laughs> the radiators in every room, right yes. down into the into the kind of not the basement, heating. but the central heating. Yeah, and it was the it was old. Yeah. I mean it was re seriously really really old, of like course. full heavy duty cast iron yeah. big units. Yeah. But the house was warm, and we sure. were there in sort of shoulder season, I guess. Whistler yeah. was. Was right on snowy. that move between the peak of it, maybe getting snowy. Kind yeah, of thing. between not being mountain biking and yeah. just turning into mush and mud into, into snow. Yeah. Okay, yeah, fair. Um, so yeah, with with with. Okay, so back to the the thing that I was talking about the um, the studies that you've that that have been done in Vancouver. Vancouver is very similar to in, to New Zealand, maybe not at, like Auckland because it's a little bit colder than Auckland, but only a few degrees. The problem is with a cold roof in the winter when the conditions are are the most stringent, the one that where, where you have to have the most protection. Um, if you're introducing outside air into your attic space, the outside air is at 90% or 100% relative humidity. You're putting moist, wet air inside your attic space. And if you have the insulation on your ceiling, you're not getting the warming potential. You're not getting the heat from the inside going through the ceiling into your attic to heat that air inside of your attic to dry it out because you need heat to dry things out. We've talked about this on a different yeah. podcast. And you, what, what you're talking about is a fairly complex system. I mean, it's a complex topic, yeah. to be perfectly fair. Sure. But you're talking about systems that you can't entirely control. Yes. And and the, the, the difference here is yeah. going back to what we've already talked about with this insulation, which is outside the, the structure. So yep. it's external insulation. It's a park it's on the outside of your blanket body. It's mm -hmm. like... Form, so it's yep. it's continuous yeah 
doesn't get broken up by structure or things. Or other when thermal it, bridges. When it gets to the roof line or the top of the walls, it's going to look like it's continuous. Like if you're looking at the at the details of that building, it like will look like it's continuous yeah. up and over the roof and back down the other side. So that you have one box that's fully insulated from the outside. So every single space inside that building, whether you call it an attic, or no attic, yeah. or a bedroom, yeah. or whatever else is mm-hmm. in that building, every space will be warm, mm-hmm. which means that you're- Maybe not super warm, risks, but warmer. Yeah. yeah. Well, let's heat it. Depends. On, yeah, I mean, but, exactly. You have to but the, the risks of condensation forming inside that building are going to be a whole lot lower. Yeah. So the only place you should get your condensation forming is on the outside of your beer bottle, wine bottle, milk bottle. Exactly. Whatever you want to yeah, be drinking. yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's that's an interesting way of looking at house design, which yeah. is different. It simply is different to sure. what we would com- commonly see. But it's in, not difficult. In New Zealand. It's not more. Ex- it, it could be more expensive if you're trying to shoehorn that those concepts or those principles into. Oh, but hang on, Kaingo Aura are doing this. Housing New Zealand, the, the former doing Housing what? New Zealand. We've got externally insulated buildings right I now. I know. I know. On our design, on on building sites. Yeah. Some of the CLT it is buildings. Being built. Yep, it's yeah. being done. Yeah. Now that's at social housing. You know, yeah. we're trying to make that really good quality social housing so that- And we're trying to make it economical a, as well. Yeah, so that it's, it's a, not super expensive. Well, yeah, so it's not super expensive to yeah. build, Mm-mm. but most importantly, not super expensive or expensive to run yeah. to actually maintain these buildings yeah. at reasonable temperature. Yeah. Now we've got a lot of housing stock, which needs a lot of work to improve. Yeah. It's not going to happen- it's not yeah. going to happen really quickly. No. Maybe it's better that we just push over some old buildings and rebuild something good. Yeah. I mean, maybe. But the thing is, if you are putting external insulation, not only are you closing those thermal bridges or blocking those thermal bridges, you're, you don't have to move the person necessarily out of the house. You don't have to take things apart. You just put the insulation on the outside. You obviously Whoa. have to think about it. Don't just toss any insulation on the outside. Also, just for the record, we talked about putting rock wool on the outside of the, the building. I don't want to be unfair. You can use rigid insulation. You can use PIR. You can use XPS insulation. Um, but you have to think about it a little bit more. And if you're using PIR insulation, you might have to put that underlay. You might have to put some sort of layer over the insulation. It's not as easy right. as putting rock So wool. choose good materials, but Correct. choose them in good combinations. Yes. And put them in the right place. Yep. And uh, one of the things, help, just call. Us. Yeah, well, actually, yeah. just you know, one of the things that this is just to throw in the 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 last little bit of something completely different. Oh gosh, we've got we've at, got an hour and five. You're going to put something different. Well, in here? no, just just a consideration that, <laughs> okay. that you, there's some really interesting challenges with fire, like fire regulations sure. now around cladding yeah. and and materials that are in that space. Yep, and that's a that's a. That's generally around the mid, mid to you know mid high rise kind yep. of uh, approach. If you think about it like that, mm-hmm. but that's a really interesting consideration that we've got to be super careful with the materials with the that are chosen. Yeah. So all of these things, yeah, got to consider all of it. Don't don't make it up. Yeah, and don't just toss things in and hope for the best. Think about it. Yeah. Like just you know. Yeah. Oh, it's good. We've covered a bit of ground. Yeah, that's uh, that's thermal bridging. Uh, hopefully, that was understandable. We kind of just danced all over the place as we usually do. Yeah, there's so many good uh, YouTube, just YouTube yeah. thermal bridge. What is a thermal bridge? Yeah. Wow. There's other podcasts. There's YouTube videos, like you said. There's other, other podcasts. Oh, come on. Yeah. No, we're the only podcast. Only listen to us. Okay. Twenty degrees. We haven't even <laughs> named our podcast. Oh, we didn't. I mean, oh. it says it at the the intro. We got that out of the way. So yeah, twenty degrees podcast. Comfortable twenty degrees, yeah. right here, right now. Yep. Thanks, guys. Good to talk. Bye. Thanks for sticking around and listening to all of our BS. If you like what you hear, smash that subscribe button. If you want to learn more, find us on Instagram at pink.moose. Hop on our website, Oculus, that's O-C-U-L-U-S-L-T-D.co.nz, and join the conversation on LinkedIn. Stay dry, stay comfortable, and stay tuned for the next episode of the 20 Degrees Podcast.